Welcome to the Building Heroes Podcast, where we learn to build heroes in our homes to help our kids be prepared for their life journeys. Hi, I'm your host, Molly Christensen, and I love to encourage and mentor you on your path. Hey there, welcome to episode 50 of Building Heroes Podcast. Pretty excited, we're halfway to 100. Um, so, but I don't know about you, but lately I've had a lot of problems. I mean, I've had some of my normal problems, some minor problems, some pretty major problems. My kids have had problems. My family's had problems. My businesses have problems, you know, lots of problems. Now, of course, you probably don't want to listen to a whole podcast of all my problems about me complaining about them, you know, but I was thinking about what do we do with all these problems, right? And how do we teach problem solving to our kids? And why do we tell our kids that we learn math so that we can learn to solve problems? You know, what do most people do when they have problems? Well, actually, probably all people do what I'm going to say next at some times, but some people do it more than others. And, you know, really, it's a human tendency, though. What we tend to do when we have a problem is complain right? That is the first thing we tend to do is complain about it. And of course, we even do that in math, right? Now, the thing is, is I would much rather have kids who are problem solvers than problem complainers. And so that's why I really had to take a look at myself and how I was reacting to the problems in my life. And of course, being human, I do like to complain about my problems when they pop up, or at least that's my first tendency. And sometimes I do probably quite often, but also being human, the good news is I can actually change how I am thinking about the problems and reacting to them. Now, if you've listened to me before, pretty sure you know that I love to talk about the hero's journey, which is really a great pattern for our lives. And in the hero's journey, as the hero is journeying into the unknown through life, you know, he doesn't know what's coming up next. He's going to hit obstacles. It's really just part of life, right? And it's just going to happen. Now, some of these obstacles are going to be the ones that we actually created for ourselves due to our own actions, our own choices. And some will be put there by other people, some on purpose, some not. And still others are just there because it's really just part of life. Now, when we don't know that those obstacles are supposed to be there, when we run into the obstacles, we complain. Of course, sometimes we do that too, even when we know they should be there, right? You know, but we'll start complaining like this. Oh man, who put that there? You know, this is so dumb. Why is this happening to me? Uh, you know, and then, you know, because we don't know why the obstacles are there, really, we start to make up these stories to explain how this obstacle could have gotten there. So in other words, what we start to do is make excuses or blame other people or our circumstances for why the obstacle is there. And then we basically just sit down in our mud puddles and we have these little pity parties and we stay stuck. But if we go back to the hero's journey, we know that these obstacles are part of the journey. So they're there for a reason, right? The problems are there to help us learn and grow, not to stop us. You know, without them, it wouldn't really be a journey. I was thinking about this, right? It would just be like this comfortable little walk through the park, you know? 
pleasant, but not really going anywhere. Now, of course, these obstacles can be annoying. You know, they can frustrate us, make us mad, make us depressed, angry, keep us stuck, make us give up, make us lose money, you know, even ruin relationships. And the problem is, is that most people aren't really problem solvers. They don't really think about this, right? We just tend to wait around for somebody else to come fix the problem or take the pain away to solve it for us. And maybe sometimes we do even try to fix it, but we can't because, well, all those other things are in the way. Now, can obstacles really do all that to us? Well, only if we let them. So living in this complaining, blaming cycle is quite miserable. I should know. I have lived there or had lived there for a long time. Because what it really does is it makes you feel like everyone around you can never do anything right but it also makes you feel like you're a complete mess too. You're not really happy with life. You have no idea how to change that. You just wanna hit the reboot button, start all over, but it's not gonna work either. So you do what you've always done because you don't know what else to do. So that's why I really want my kids to learn how to be problem solving geniuses. And to do that, I'm gonna have to figure out how to do it myself. Okay. So let's talk about math for a bit, because I, I think it's so interesting that it's so often um, the way we say we're teaching problem solving, okay? Let's talk about how it's typically taught. Does it actually help us learn how to solve problems? Mm, kind of, okay? So typically what will happen is the math teacher will tell the student how to solve a certain kind of problem, and then they'll give you an algorithm um, of how to solve it, right? An algorithm is basically just a method that works to solve a problem. And in math, it's usually very specific to that type of problem. So then the teacher will assign that same type of problem for the students and have them solve it using that algorithm. Pretty much almost no one gets super excited about doing this, but that's how they do it. Now, I actually like math except for that most of the time, I didn't really understand how, what I was doing, <laughs> really. I just got really good at applying the algorithm. We would call this plug and chug. We're gonna plug in the numbers and chug through the steps, right? So that's really what I basically did. I would input the problem into the algorithm, follow the steps and hopefully come up with the correct answer. Um, which is nice, and you feel that sense of accomplishment, but it's not really that exciting. It's really just kind of being a human calculator, right? Now, where I got excited was when I did not come up with the right answer, and then I'd have to use my problem-solving skills to figure out why I did not. Or if I, didn't if I got a problem that I didn't have an algorithm for, then I would have to use my problem-solving skills to figure out where to even start or what to do next. But that's the problem because... Okay, see more problems, right? Typically in math classes, you're just expected to do the formula, get the right answer, move on. If you get it wrong, oh well, you know? And depending on the teacher, really, most classes really don't have time to go into actual problem solving like that. You know, it was not the calculation skills that um, taught me how to solve problems in my life, right? It was only when I didn't know how to do it that I learned. But only if I didn't give up and say, oh, I don't know how to do this. It's too hard. Oh, well, you know. So how does this all apply to the hero's journey and to life? Well, just like in the math problem, if I get it wrong or I mess up, 
like in life, if I mess up or get things wrong, right? And then whether it's math or life, I start complaining about it. Um, you know, because when you work a math problem and you get it wrong, you're just like, oh, you know, and you start complaining about it. Um, so that's really the first thing I need to do. If I catch myself complaining about a problem or I have something that's really bugging me, that is the first step. It's recognition. I have to recognize, oh, I have run into an obstacle. You know, and obviously some obstacles are bigger than others and some are really small and, you know. Um, but then what I need to do next is I'm training myself to say, oh, yes, this is an obstacle. Now I have a learning opportunity to learn from. I'm going to learn something. Instead of saying, oh, this is so hard. I already tried. Who cares? I'm done. Now, of course, I'm obviously not perfect at this. Who is? But it's just really a level of awareness and practicing reframing problems that way. Okay. Now, the next step would be to notice who and what I'm blaming, you know, because usually when you're complaining, you're blaming someone, right? So if I'm blaming that, that all that means is that I'm actually just putting myself into a place where I can't do anything about it. What I'm really doing is I'm totally disempowering myself if that's what I do. But if I notice who I'm blaming, then I can decide if this is a problem that I can do something about or not. You know, that complain and blame stuff. All that is doing is keeping the problem, the obstacle right in front of you. It's those thoughts that you're thinking that are keeping the obstacle there. And you're still complaining that you wish it were somewhere else, but it can't leave while you're complaining about it. Now, if this problem is something you can do about or that you can't do anything about because it's not really under your control, if you look at it honestly, you find out you're not trying to blame other people, then you just have to let it go, right? It's just like one of those life problems um, that happened and maybe there's really nothing you can do about it. And then you've got a choice. You can com keep complaining and keep letting it keep you stuck and in that space that you don't, you feel frustrated in, or you can just say, oh, this obstacle isn't mine. I don't even have to worry about it. Okay. I know it sounds way easier <laughs> than it is in real life, but it still is a true principle in that. You can decide that. Now, if it is something you can do about, then you can move on to step three when you've taken the responsibility for the fact that you can indeed do something about it. <laughs> now, sometimes you're gonna have problems where it's kind of half and half, part of it's under your control, part of it's not, but you can do the same thing. You take responsibility for your part of what's yours, okay? So step three is really just look at the problem, decide, what you can do about it, right? What skills and resources do you have to solve it? Do you need more? Do you need more knowledge? Do you need to work harder? Do you need to change the way you're thinking about the problem or looking at the problem? And, you know, while getting more knowledge and getting more skills and resources to solve problems is helpful, quite often I find that usually I have a problem because I'm just looking at it wrong I'm, or not wrong, but you need to look at it from a different perspective. So step four would be to come up with a solution, implement it. And obviously, depending on what the problem is, it could be solved like super fast or take quite a while. Like, for example, we had these light outlets that weren't working. And so the electrician came over, changed the outlets. But when he did it, he put in a different kind of switch. So our outlets never actually fit the switch. That has been bugging me for so long. When... 
the funny thing is, I got a great solution the other day. All I did was ask my husband to fix it. <laughs> and he was happy to. He totally did. But at the, the same time, it took me so long to solve it because I never thought about it asking. <laughs> you know? So there's that. Um, but once I thought of it, it was it was pretty simple to fix. Um, so step five would be to actually look at the solution and see if it's actually solved. In that case, it was. But quite often, it is not. And that's where we get stuck a lot because we think, oh, I tried. My solution didn't work. Must mean I can't solve this problem. Yes, I'm not cut out for this, you know. But that's only because you didn't know that for some things, it's just going to take more adjustments until you actually have a solution to the problem. So, you know, in many bigger problems, it's going to take several iterations of adjusting before you come up with a solution that will work for you. So, and of course, that's step six. Keep adjusting <laughs> until you've gotten around the obstacle. And then step seven, I just added this in here. actually made up all the steps, so I added them all in here. Um, is really just to acknowledge that you are a problem solver and to tell yourself that because I think so many times the thoughts that we're thinking is like, oh, I don't know how to do this. And it, it really disempowers us from solving the problems. So how do I teach the kids this? Well, first thing is I need to do, is I have to actually let them solve problems. It is so easy to step in and try to solve the problems for our kids. We do this all the time, all of us, but it's good to be aware and, and look at what's going on. And a lot of times there are problems we can allow our kids to solve. Um, you know, obviously the older you get, the easier it is, but um, it's just something to be thinking about. Now, last week, my young, um, my young adult son, he was complaining, okay? Actually, I'm gonna give you a side note here. Sometimes people do actually just need to vent a little and they don't need all the problems solved. They just want to vent and then they're okay, right? And that's okay too. We don't have to solve all the problems. But this one, oh man, this was, this was such a great opportunity. I could not pass it up. Anyway, so he was planning, complaining about how gross the microwave was. And it really needed a cleaning. It really did, actually. And I definitely noticed this as well. But I had not gotten around to cleaning it yet. And actually, we don't really have it assigned to anyone. Okay. And for some reason, my son was assuming that I should do it. Right. He didn't say that, but I think that was probably how it was going. Anyway, it was bugging me, but it was bugging him a lot more. So I said to him, I said, you know, it's perfectly fine if, if you feel like cleaning out the microwave. <laughs> so he immediately tries to put the blame on someone else, like anybody would, right? He says, well, whose job is it? They're slacking. <laughs> and I said, well, right now it's not assigned to anyone, but anyone is welcome to clean it. So he stopped complaining, went back to doing what he was doing, and huh, wonder of wonders. Three days later, I opened up the microwave and it was sparkling clean. It was amazing. Magic, you guys. I still had not gotten around to it yet. It's been a busy time and microwave was not top priority. Um, and, but the thing is, is he felt empowered to do it and he chose to take personal responsibility for what was bugging him. It was wonderful. And the thing is, I did not tell him to do it. And quite truthfully, I did not expect him to do it either, right? I think that's probably part of the magic as well. 
I just offered an opportunity to problem solve and he took it. And that's the thing. Sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. Now, when kids are bugged or complaining, this could actually be exciting. You guys, you don't have to get bugged or complained back and see it as an obstacle that they can learn how to get around. Okay? It's a problem-solving opportunity. They're training, they're learning. So you can keep offering opportunities to problem-solve and they will pick up on it. And of course, not always when or how you hope, but they do, they do. Of course, it's the same thing in your own life. You have lots of things to problem-solve. If you're like me, I imagine you have the list of problems like I was mentioning at the beginning of this podcast. And, you know, you can reframe how you see problems too. And really recognizing that you have the power to do something about it or not is really so empowering. And quite often, that's really the only step that you need to remember. Because then you're just naturally going to start the problem solving path if you don't stop yourself once you recognize it and you decide to do something about it. So think about that. What problems do you have that you could do something about? Now, if you are feeling overwhelmed with too many problems, because that definitely happens, especially in a busy homeschool mom's life, uh, the place to start is just by choosing one thing to, to see if you can figure out how to fix it. And usually that thing is probably going to be the thing that's bugging you the most. And it could be a small thing too. If you want help and support with that, the Hero Journey membership is opening up doors this week. And this is what we do every month. We solve the most common problems that we as homeschool moms have. So if you're interested, send me a message at info at buildingheroesacademy.com because I think I've hopefully have finally fixed my email problems, or at least maybe I'm still in that adjust phase, but that would be the way, or you can message me on Facebook. So let's build heroes together. Thanks for listening to the building heroes podcast. Can you help more people join the building heroes movement by sharing this podcast? More people can find it when you subscribe to the show, rate it and leave a review. For more help on building heroes in your home, get the free Building Heroes resources at www.buildingheroesacademy.com.